This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number three, Sunday edition of the show. Play a little uh, my good friend Curtis Blow. I would sing, but I'm not going to do that. Transmitter would shut off. This is my voice at the airways singing. No, 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 we're not doing that. I know better. I'll tell you what I will do. I got Scorpion tickets. They're coming to the UBS Arena on Wednesday, September 7th. Be calling number five right now, 888-987-ESPN. 888-987-ESPN to score a pair of tickets. It's all from Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Now, I'm just going to say this before I get to my guest. I understand that Josh Donaldson is a little upset because the pitch came up and in. But we do not need, if you're a Yankee fan, you don't need to get this Tampa team fired up again. You've got a one nothing lead, not a 10 nothing lead, not a 15 nothing lead. You have a one nothing lead. I mean, you know, come on, Josh. I get it. I get it in a sense. I get it. But come on. It's not the way to go. <laughs> not the way to go. Relax, my friend. Relax. <laughs> that would be the best thing to do. Just relax. Everything will be okay. Right now, it's time for my guests. And let me welcome them to 98.7 ESPN. First, let's welcome in Renee Taylor. Renee, how are you? How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. And we also welcome in Kadar Edwards. Kadar, what's happening? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Now, these folks, these two players are the MVPs from the recent Hoop in the Sun basketball tournament. And you guys who have listened to me, you know a lot about Hoops in the Sun. But if you haven't, let me tell you a little bit about them. The Hoops in the Sun group affectionately called HITS, is a community-based basketball program dealing primarily in the streetball industry. They are, they are, it's held in Orchard Beach in the Bronx, where according to New York's Daily News, over 700,000 people visit the beach during the summer weekends every year, and it continues to go up. It was created by Rafino Joe Cruz Sr., and uh, many know him as Pops, and it has been in existence forever, starting the summer of 2000, and it continues to grow and grow and grow. And so we wanted to uh, take this opportunity to talk to these uh, these two uh, outstanding players who were involved in the tournament this year and had a great tournament. So let me start with, Renee, let me start with you. First of all, mm-hmm. how did you get the nickname, The Point Goddess? And don't be humble, be honest with me. How'd you get that <laughs> nickname? Um, humble is the only way I know. So, I mean, I go out there, I play every day, and uh, the announcers come up, whatever name they come with. I never go to an announcer and say, call me this or call me that. You know, like, that's, that's not really New York street ball. So, you out there, you playing, and whatever the MC comes up with, that's what, that's what sticks usually. But All I right. am the point guard on my team, so it, it, it stems from there, I'm sure. All right, so let me then, let me then uh, kind of, let me put in my terms what I think it is. I think you got that yeah. title nickname because you are great handling the ball, finding your teammates in great positions, and on occasion, Renee, on occasion, you could be honest, just you and me, you might have a little style mm-hmm. with how you pass the ball. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, would say the same. I would say the same thing. Um, uh, I do what I can for my team. That's all I can say about that. 
Well, you're doing a good thing. You got the MVP. And tell me about your team, No Limit. I mean, you beat Team Footprints to cap off an undefeated run in the tournament. Uh, you won nine tournaments this summer. Summer, you haven't lost a game in two years. Your team must be pretty good. Yeah, we are. I mean, it feels really good to, to continue to win like this. I mean, my team, we hold each other accountable, but we also love playing with each other, and we don't want to let the next person down. So that's kind of what it comes down to. We also like each other off the court, and that's something that that's that's a bond that you can't really teach or or building your players, it has to come or it doesn't. So, and I think it just leads to us on the court and us winning. <clears throat> uh, we did lose only one game, but we got 14 championships in, in two summers. That's not bad. 23 points, MVP performance in the championship game. What, did, what was it that had you not only pass the ball, but be able to get to the basket as well? Um... Playing within myself and and, and giving, taking what the defense is giving me, um, my team counts on me to hit shots that I'm supposed to hit and you know make great decisions. My coaches as well, so that's that's really what led to that. I don't go out there and say I'm going for MVP. I don't think any of us does, which is the great thing about the team as well. Uh, I think five or six players won the MVP throughout the summer, so it is you know we well rounded. And every every day we just go out there. It can be any person that just steps up. It just happened to be me that game. All right, that's the voice of Renee Taylor. She won the MVP up at the, the uh, Hoops in the Sun tournament in Orchard Beach. Led no limit in the championship game, 23 points. Now we're talking to the other guy who got an MVP. He is Kadar Edwards, a.k.a. Superman. All right, Kadar, how'd you get that nickname? Are you, do you fly? Is that what it is? Do you fly? Are you slamming? Is your arm above the rim and stuff like that? How'd you get the nickname Superman? I mean, I got that nickname from from actually from my friends a while back when I was when I came back from high school. I was playing some basketball in Sundown, and this neighborhood I used to hang out in, the Warners, they gave me that name. I jumped from the free throw line. They started calling me Superman, and I just actually kept it. Well, the streets kept it. I embraced it. Well, then I I would understand why you deserved it. <laughs> you jumping from the free throw line, you deserved it. What was different about this year? You got you won the championship, twenty seven point performance in the championship game. What was different about this year? Because this is your first championship, and you've been to the final game multiple times. How were you able to get over the hump this year? Um, I I wanted this championship more than anything coming into the summer, before the summer, like knowing that I was playing in the tournament, knowing what it meant to me. I've always wanted a championship. Hooch and the Sun started off and still is one of my best tournaments, top three I've ever played in. So being in the championship my first year playing, winning MVP in the season and losing in the championship, I was mad. I came back, tried again, went to the championship again, I lost, tried again, went to the semifinals, and I lost. But I always thought that, you know, I always thought, like, I'll be okay because I'll always be in the championship. But this year, it was like it was more than just being in the championship. It was, yo, I got to win. I told the Cruz brothers I was winning in the winter. I stood on that. All right. Uh, Kadar, tell me about your coach, Raheem Wiggins. What does he mean to you? And what does Coach Rob mean to your team? 
that's the that's the godfather of basketball, man. Godfather of coaching. He means a lot to me. He's more than a coach. He's a father figure to me. Like he's also my brother. We argue, we fight, we win, we lose. But I just know he always got my back. And they tell me about your coach and how how good the coach uh, uh, they are for your team. Uh, he's a great coach. He really knows how to uh, really put players together on the same team, and he's well known and well respected. I mean, he doesn't talk much, but when he do talk, we listen. So. Now I want to ask both of you, uh, how big and how important has streetball been for both of you to continue your careers? Renee, you went to the University of Miami, nineteenth time leading nineteenth all time leading scorer with over thousand points. Uh, Kadar, you attended University of Tennessee Martin, played in Canada, Spain, Iran. Renee, you've played in overseas Israel, Poland, Spain, Switzerland, Australia, Ukraine, and Puerto Rico. With that experience, what does streetball mean to you? Kadama, start with you. I mean, I actually use streetball to get ready for overseas basketball. Playing in, playing in Spain and in other places is like tougher players. Like, you know, they play tough basketball, they're stronger. So I use, you know, I use my these bad fouling, no fouling in New York City and so I could be ready when I go across mm-hmm. the water. Renee, how did it help you? Um, I would probably say the same thing. I just take a lot of the toughness out of New York summer basketball and really apply it to overseas. And um, enjoying being with my team for the summer also gives me the energy to go play and and drive overseas. I mean, when I did play, I mean, I'm excited from overseas, but when I did play, it gave me you know, energy and it inspired me to go. All right, guys, so in closing, uh, I just want you, because I don't want you guys to get in trouble with your teammates, so Kadar, I'm going to start with you. Uh, give give some of your teammates some shout-outs. How good are they? And, and give, give me some of the some of the folks on your team that really helped the team go. Oh, yeah, I, I could do that. I got the best I got the best players in the world. The active ones? Yeah, definitely. All right, I got Mike Poole. I got Poole Shark, Bryce Jones, Tamil Murphy, Ramel Brown. Dukes, I got skills. Um, funny, I, I I could keep going. I got a million. I I'm gonna stop there. I got a million. Now, listen, as long as you name a few, Kadar, as long as you name a few, you're all right. And tell me about the Sean Bell All Stars. We're the best in the world, not just New York City. All right, that's good. That's good. Congratulations, and have you know continued success, Renee. Uh, you got to name some of your crew too. Let's go. Oh, did we lose my name? Oh, I think we did. All right. All right. Well, Renee Taylor, Kadar Edwards, thanks for stopping by and telling us about the, your championship. Congratulations and continued success in the future. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. All right. No problem. All right, guys. Thank you. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll update you on the Met and the Yankees scores. Let's see what's going on there. And uh, also, remember, we'll talk some more uh, sports with uh, – Jamal Bailey at the bottom of the hour. I can't wait to hear what he's going to say about Donovan Mitchell. I'm looking forward to this. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
I'm utterly disgusted. I'm really ticked off about it. At the end of the day, from a basketball decision, you don't want to mortgage the farm if you're the New York Knicks because Donovan Mitchell, without anybody to play beside him, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, and I get all of that. My problem is this is more the same with the New York Knicks. Every time you're on the verge or you appear to be on the verge of getting a star to come to this franchise, they end up going somewhere else. And for me, that's where it it, it just it's a level of disgust that is hard for me to put into perspective because I'm a lifelong Knicks fan and I'm unapologetically biased towards them. But I'm sick of the Bush League tactics. Stephen A. Smith on Keyshawn J. Will and Max on Friday. Oh, his jaw's tight. A lot of Nick fans were like that. And a lot of Nick fans didn't want Donovan Mitchell. Hardesty on a Sunday till 3 on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. I tell you, I would have wanted the Knicks to have Donovan Mitchell if they didn't have to give up a package that back in the day would have probably got you maybe Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something of that nature. You remember the original package? That had Grimes and R.J. Barrett and Toppin and <laughs> two other folks. And then... Five, four unprotected draft picks and two protected draft picks. I mean, are you serious? We're giving up eight guys for one? Nine guys for one? No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And so that's the issue. Do I agree with Stephen A that once again, it's a narrative that is going to be printed? Folks just don't want to come here. But this is different. And I think, and he admitted it, that you don't want to give up any everybody to have Donovan Mitchell come here because then who's here to play along with him that you win some games and ultimately start to have sustainable success, which would lead to a championship. So I get what he's saying, a thousand percent. But in this case, I just don't see how I just don't see how you can criticize the Knicks as making a bad move here. Now, draft choices, I I really I'll give up the draft choices. Okay, if I don't have to give up a couple of starters, listen, if you're telling me I'm giving up Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, and another player other than other than R.J. Barrett, I might have considered making that deal. Okay, because salaries have got to come in there somewhere. So the salary has got to kind of match. All right? So if you're telling me I'm giving up Fournier, good. I'm giving up R.J. Barrett? Uh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not. And do I think that R.J. is going to be a world beater? I don't know. I know that he's improved every year. Was I a little disturbed? Shoot, he had more points last year. But his shooting percentage was down. And his three-point shooting was down. All right? But nevertheless, and I realized the Knicks will always, will always be asked to overpay for whatever they, they get. I got it. Because they've been a franchise that has struggled year after year after year after year. So somebody's always going to try to fleece them for something. Because it's worked in the past. But I think this is different. This is a little different. Stephen L. Why the Knicks are the laughing stock of the league? You got owners in the NBA that would give anything for James Dolan to sell this team. Because remember, they engage in revenue sharing to something great. And if the New York Knicks, even though they make a boatload of money, imagine how much money they would make if he knew what he was doing and they were successful. But you can't do that because James Dolan is running a franchise. 
and you got a president of basketball operations who literally is running and hiding from people so he doesn't have to answer questions and he doesn't have to be accountable for anything. This is the kind of nonsense that's going on with the New York Knicks organization, and that's what lends itself towards Kevin Durant calling them whack and corny and not cool and other stars not even thinking about coming to New York City. Yeah, I hear that, but I do think, and it has to change on the court. It's got to change on the court. And so while people feel that way about the Knicks and and Kevin Durant, I get it, whack and corny and whatever, I got it. I understand. But I just, in this case, I don't know if that applies. Okay, that's a lot to give up for a player. It's a lot. It's a lot to give up for a bona fide star. Now, if you're telling me he's, I'm getting a superstar, somebody that is number one, he, he's my Batman, okay, I'll, I'll bite the bullet. I, Donovan Mitchell is a very good player. He's a very good player. But is he, is he Batman on this team? I don't think so. Wolds was on Greeny. So, Wolds, what would Mitchell have meant to the Knicks? Donovan Mitchell would have been a franchise player for them, would have been uh, a centerpiece, and, and that's the kind of player you need to start then attracting other players in two years when they might have cap space. Uh, you know, those are all the things you want to get into place, but uh, they do have a lot of picks. They have assets, but they've got to find a player of that caliber available again, and, and that doesn't come along very often. There's no question about it. I mean, he is definitely an upgrade over what they have. Definitely an upgrade. But to give to give up that much to get him, I, I don't know. I really don't. Danny Ainge gets credit, though. I tell you, he, got, he gave up a bunch of picks. He got a bunch of picks for Rudy Gobert, and he got a bunch of picks for Donovan Mitchell. It'll be interesting to see where Utah goes over the next couple of seasons. When we return, we'll take more of your phone calls. Plus, we'll be joined by my good friend, the state senator up in the Bronx. He is Jamal Bailey. He will join us next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Keeping an eye on the local baseball teams for you. Yankees still holding on to that one nothing lead over the Rays. Thank you, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, one hit, one RBI on the home run. Everybody else, 0 for whatever. 0 for 1, 0 for 2. Donaldson got hit by a pitch. He's 0 for 0. Still struggling. But Frankie Montas is rolling along right now. Rolling along. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Mets and Nats are tied at three as the Nats bat in the top of the third. All right, so uh, that's what's going on with our local baseball teams. Now I'm going to uh, say hello to a good friend of mine. He is the state senator of uh, New York's 36th State Senate District, which covers the Bronx neighborhood of Norwood, Bedford Park, Williamsbridge, Co-op City, Wakefield, and Baychester, and the Westchester City of Mount Vernon. I felt like I was a conductor on the, um, you know, on, on the train line up there. He is Jamal Bailey. Hey, Jamal, what's happening, my friend? Larry, Larry Legend, brother. It's great to be on. Thank you for having me on, on this beautiful Sunday. How's everything with you? 
Everything is great, my friend. Everything is great. I'm here. I'm, I brought you on to answer some questions, okay? Because and, and this is listen. This is great for you. No, no political stuff at all. We're just we're just chatting. No interviews. I'm not trying to see what you did. You do a great job up in the 36th state Senate district. I know that's good. So we don't have to talk any politics. So I'm going to start. Where do you want me to start? Baseball, basketball, or football? If I just want to segue with Serena, the greatest okay, of all ahead. time. I just, I, just want, I just want to make sure that 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 as as a sports fan, as a father of daughters, as, as someone who has always um, respected and appreciated the artistry of professional athletics, that Serena Williams, even in defeat, has shown why she is the greatest tennis player, in, 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 in my opinion, the greatest athlete of all time, based upon her her incredible performances this 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 past time at the, at the U.S. Open. She's always rose to the occasion. So I just want to make sure I, I start out with making sure we show some love to, to the GOAT, Serena Williams. So I, I want to start there. You can take it wherever you want to take it, Larry. You can do it like that. All right, Jamal, and, and let's follow up on that for a second because I think when you talk about GOATs, there's actually two categories, right? Because she was able to do this in an individual sport, along with, along with her sister with the doubles, but primarily in an individual sport, right, where, you know, uh, you got no, there's no blame. You can't look around at a teammate. You can't look around at somebody else. It's on you. When you don't produce, when you don't come through in the clutch, when you don't play well, you got nobody to, to answer to but yourself. So I think that adds an even different dynamic to what she's been able to do throughout her career. Absolutely. I, I think that when you think about um, the individual accountability that she's had to have over the course, the dedication that she's had to have in terms of training, where she's come from, Compton, California. Um, Compton, California traditionally has not produced um, such largesse in, in, in terms of tennis players. Um, and, I, and I think that you give the credit to her, to her family, to her father, um, you know, and, and, and to her mother and to her entire family for, for continuing to, uh, to keep them on the straight and narrow path to make sure that they could develop those, those incredible natural abilities into what we've seen today, the greatest of all time. All right, now, Jamal, when you were, you know, just a young lad up at the PS83 in Morris Park and MS-181 in Co-op City, played a little Little League on Sundays and stuff, you know, um, Met or Yankee fan, I'm going to ask you from both standpoints, as you look at what's going on with this Yankee ball club right now, how how frustrating is it? How, how do you, how do you oh. as a sports fan, how, how do you figure out when this changes? As a sports fan, I, I, I look at it, you know, perplexingly because the Yankees did did go out get out to a really hot start um uh there was conversation about was this going to be a team that rivaled one of the Joe Torre era core four Yankees and Aaron Judge was and it consistently is um I'm, I'm you know in my opinion the, the best player in the American League um and he's been doing a great job but as a Mets fan I I, I gotta say Larry I'm I, I'm I'm not as oh that's a bad sound when you hear that, that means that the state senator has been disconnected. So we'll we'll dial him back up, and we'll get his thoughts on uh, what's going on with the Mets and Yankees and some other things. He is such a an avid sports fan. I love talking to him about different things. Want to get his perspective as well. Uh, but listen, you know, as a Met fan, I bet I know what he's going to say. He's happy with what's going on here. Okay, he's got to be. This is a team that has. This is a team that. Finally, no money was spared on, right? Finally, they went out and they got the players that they needed to, to do what they're doing. 
And listen, when I heard that uh, Max Scherzer got forty plus million, I was I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so Jamal, when I heard that that Max Scherzer got forty million for a couple of years, I'm like, boy, I tell you, I love broadcasting, but you know, I could I wish I could have fired up my left hand, my my left arm to get some pitches going forth when I was younger. Great money if you can get it. I had the honor, actually, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a big-time Mets fan. Maybe that's why the uh, the sports radio guys cut me off for a second. Um, I, I had I had the amazing honor. I got to throw out the first pitch at a, at a, at a Mets-Marlins game this year. And you, you talk about a lifetime dream. You talk about something that, um, you know, when you, when you play club baseball, when you play Babe Ruth in Little League, and you can throw the ball. I got some pop in the back, but... I was never going to be a, be a professional athlete. To be able to uh, get to the mound and throw it from 60 feet, six inches to my dad, my OG, my original battery mate, uh, it was an incredible, incredible um, experience. I can't throw it like Max or Jake or, 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 or Eddie Diaz, but, um, you know, I, I, even at 40 years old, which I just turned last week, um, I, I'm, I'm able to. I was able to to uh, to get to get it over the plate. So I was extremely happy and honored by the Mets organization to to allow me that opportunity this this past year. Uh, you didn't bounce in that, did you? Oh no! I you know there there is there is uh, there's footage that you can find on my social media pages that, to to show that not only did I reach the plate, I was a little uh, I was a little uh, little little excited. It was a a little up in the zone, as a, as it would say, but hopefully uh, it had some movement. And if there was a batter, they hopefully they would have chased it, and I I would have got the, the strike three on it. Jamal, as a Met fan, how, how when you look at this team, this is such a different. It's such a different, not only team, but it's such a different philosophy. And I hate just bashing the war ponds, but so let's just put it this way: it's a different style, right? It's a different. It, it, it's nice to be in a scenario where you hear that free agents are available. And Jamal, you know your team finally has a chance to get one of them. Absolutely, you know, and, and, and you know, and you're surprised when you don't get someone. Like we were surprised as Mets fans when we didn't get George Springer. Um, everything worked out for the better, but you're you're in the hunt with every every person that comes on the market. And you know, and, and Steve Cohen and his team, they they've done a fantastic job. Um, and but at the end of the day, in Buck we trust that this man knows the rule book like no one else. He understands rhythm. He 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 he's a he's a great blend of new school and old school manager. He understands the sabermetrics, but he manages by his gut when he when he needs to. And and I think that um, you know knowing some having someone that not only knows the rules but knows his players is critical. Um, and and this two game lead that we have right now, it would bother me if it was only two games and we had somebody else at the helm. Two games doesn't bother me when we've got. Max, Jake, Diaz, and Buck at the helm. I, I think we're going to be okay. So, voice of New York State Senator Jamal T. Bailey, he's joining me, Larry Hardesty, here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Jamal, let's talk a little basketball. I'm sure there was a lot of folks talking to you about Donovan Mitchell, the possibility of Donovan Mitchell coming to the Knicks, uh, what that would have meant. How do you think the Knicks handled this? You know, I... I I wanted Donovan Mitchell to come to, to the Knicks. I've been a fan of his since he was in Louisville. You know, uh, he's a Mets fan, so so obviously it's always it's always good to have someone who rides out with the Mets. Um, but but ultimately, um, this front office is showing restraint. This front office is valuing the pieces that it has and the draft picks that it has, and and and, 
and Danny Ainge was, was looking for another King's ransom like he got for Gobert in Minnesota. And this front office stuck to its guns and, 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 and offered what they thought was a fair deal. And they were able to walk away from the table when they didn't believe that it was that that the uh, that it was fair. Um, again, I would have loved to have Mitchell here, exciting player, 25 years old. With um, I believe he has significant, uh, you know, potential to get even better. But um, I'm happy with the squad that the New York Knicks are going to be rolling out next month, and and I'm excited to see them play. Are you concerned that this kind of though, as Stephen A. Smith mentioned, furthers the narrative of of you know big players? The Knicks don't end up with really big time players. That they 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 do a decent job in trying to bring players in, and, and you know, listen, we got Tom Thibodeau who's not going to be confused with playing the kids and rolling the basketballs out. He's going to go with his veterans, but uh, nevertheless, it's it's another situation where okay, there was a big name player that you end up you had an opportunity to get, but you didn't get them. Well, I think that this this falls into uh, one of the one of the favorite narratives of Knicks for clicks. If the Knicks do something, um, no matter what it is, it's going to be much maligned. If another team does the same exact thing as as the Knicks do, they're going to be heralded for it. Um, for example, um, you know the backcourt of Jalen Brunson and and Donovan Mitchell would have been a diminutive backcourt, but Cleveland does it, and it's a genius idea. I, I'm not. I'm not sure about how we continue to 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 get this to get this reputation. Ultimately, my faith is in the front office of the New York Knicks um, with, with with Leon Rose and, and and the folks and the folks there around him. They understand player development. Um, they understand drafting. They understand fit and mold. And, and it's not just it's not it's just not NBA 2K. You can't just get a bunch of 99 players and put them together and expect to win. You've got to find fit. You've got to find um, chemistry. And I think that these young boys, I think they really enjoy playing with each other. You see some of their off-season workouts. Um, Jalen Brunson throwing oops to Obi Toppin and, and quickly in the same places. And I think that they're going to gel even more. And I think that they're going to surprise some people this coming year, Larry. I really do. Uh, Jamal, football-wise, what are you, Jet or Giant fan, or neither? Uh, I, li- I like the Giants. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been big into the NFL recently, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm emerging back out f- from there. And, uh, you know, and I'm seeing what – I wonder what Daniel Jones is going to do in this last year. That's, uh, that, that's, that's the biggest moment for me. All right, so what do you think? What do you think of your, your – is, is he your franchise quarterback? Let's begin there. You know, he – He's, he has the tools on paper, right? And, and we see, and you know, uh, glimpses of, of flashes of brilliance from from uh, from Daniel Jones. He's mobile, has a great arm, and can get out, can make plays out of the pocket. But I, I just wonder is is he someone who is is he going to be able to turn it on when it matters? Um, he he has the physical tools. Um, I, from from what I see, I, he just just hasn't seemed to click. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, also, you know, a good quarterback needs a, a stronger running game and an offensive line, and he hasn't had always had that. So, I hold out hope that he can be the uh, the franchise quarterback that the that the Giants need. And um, I, it's going to take the first six games in the regular season because you know I, I, I don't I don't take too much stock in preseason football. However, Herculean the uh, the the the, the, the goals, you know, the duties may be. So, uh, what do you think of Brian Dayball? You like him? I mean, it's early. Okay, we the season will tell you more. But what, what do you think about what you've seen from him so far and how the team looks? Culture, culture change, right? You know, it comes out of the Buffalo organization, and, and they've uh, they they've been 
they've been winning. They've been winning some uh, some 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 games up there, and and they've been doing quite quite well. Shout out to my Western New York uh, friends. Our, you know, our governor hails from Buffalo, New York, um, and, and you know, in 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 the the Buffalo Bills, they they've been a model franchise in the NFL for the last um, the last few few years in terms of what they've done right now. Josh Allen is a big part of uh, is, is a big part of that. Let's let's be very clear, Larry. But uh, but you know, every good quarterback has to have someone to be able to coach them up, and I'm hopeful that um that the work that Dayball has done there will be able to translate uh, translate out to uh, to Daniel Jones. All right, Mr. State Senator, how many wins for the Giants this year? I think I think they can get nine. I think they can. I think they can get nine wins. Right. I know you have the extra game. Um, it's no more longer nine and seven. It might be a nine and eight team. I, I'm. I want to. I want to be optimistic. I, I, you know. I want to be optimistic and say they're going to be over five hundred. Now, again, this is not the best prediction, but um, you know, this is this is more of a of a of a fan perspective than a uh, than than a specifically informed one. Whereas you know, with the Knicks and the Mets, I you know looking. Looking a little bit more in depth, but you know, with the Giants, I think they, I think they, they have that potential. Hopefully, Galladay bounces back, has a good year. Saquon Barkley, from my understanding, looks good in the preseason, even though, again, you don't value that, but he just looks fresher on the cuts. And you know, I think that, uh, I think the Giants can be okay. So you're wishing and hoping for not. That's, That's what you know. That, that, I, I said this in the tournament <laughs> once. Said we sometimes, sometimes we live by the wish doctrine, right, Larry? And, and, and I'm and, I, and I'm wishing and hoping that uh, that the New York that the New York Football Giants are able to, to to do something miraculous this year. At least for, not miraculous, but based upon what they've done in the last few years, it, it would be a, a marked improvement. All right, well, listen, uh, before I let you go, I just wanted to thank you for taking a couple of minutes out. I know you love talking sports. I wanted to get another side of you to the folks. Listen, the, the folks in your area know just how great you are and what you do. But, uh, you know, you, have a, you, have a, you do a great job there, the great job you're doing by mentoring young men at the uh, Butler University Methodist Church and all the stuff that you do off, off the, the political field. Uh, regards to you and, and your, your family, your lovely wife and your daughters and uh, get off my show before I end up before you end up taking my job. <laughs> oh man, I, Larry, I can never I can never do that, man. You are you one of the shining stars of, of of New York Sports Talk Radio. Thank you for giving a voice to the voiceless in so many ways, man. We truly appreciate you for what you do for us, Larry. We really do. Jamal, always good talking to you, my friend. We'll touch base down the line. Yes, sir. For a couple minutes. All right, very good. Take care, Jamal T. Bailey, State Senator of the 36th District up in the Bronx and Westchester.